12 games on Monday. Big injury news. Huge performances. Dud performances. We're going to recap all 12 games alongside the one and only Sir Michael Ulysses Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm a single mom with a daughter. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble or TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. I'm not going to muck around. We've got 12 games to get into, so we'll get into them. We'll talk about some news. We'll talk about some waiver wire trends as well. Let's just get stuck straight in. What is the news, Josh? Josh, the news is that Rob Williams is having surgery, and as Sham Sharania is reporting, it could be season ending. We sort of speculated on this on the live pregame show earlier today that yeah, we'll see where it goes. It's not good. This is minimum two months. Sham said it's maybe season ending, or he could go a different direction for a kneecap problem. That might be two to three months. All it is is we just get rid of Rob Williams. We drop him. We have to worry a little bit about his career at this point. But he's cooked. He's done for this season. Even if it is two to three months, that's a January to February return. There's a slow ramp up. There's no reason for him to come back for this team. Um, done. Gone. See ya. Bye. Unfortunately, it's, it's shit news. Like the Rock DJ, see you later. Um, what this means is probably a couple of extra minutes for DeAndre Ayton. They're backup center situation at the moment. They are playing Jabari Walker as a small ball center. And we're seeing, I think, a lot more small ball in the NBA this season. The big ball guy they have, Giggity, is Moses Brown, the C-parter. I, he's, he's not good. Whether he gets minutes or not, I'm not sure. He hasn't really been playing much. They've also got Duop Reith as a two-way guy. You can shoot a little bit. I played on the Aussie national team over in the World Cup. Yeah, I'm not someone I'm all that interested in. Now, one thing that I have seen pop up many times with this injury, people go, wow, this is going to mean big stuff for Tamani Kamara. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, maybe he's already playing 25 minutes a night, Kamara, basically as a two or a three. I don't, well, the way that he would get more minutes is if Jeremy Grant plays at center. And I'm not sure that's going to happen because otherwise, Rob Williams is a center. So I don't really see how that translates into more Kamara minutes. Now, probably what it might do is push Jabari Walker to the five more meaning maybe there's more minutes at the four there for Kamara, but he's already playing 25, 26 minutes a night as it is. So maybe he gets to 30, maybe. It's definitely not Thibault that gets minutes. It's a big somewhere. It's Brown, it's Walker, maybe it's Budgie, maybe it's Reith. I don't think it's Kamara. I could be wrong. They could just do things very, very differently um, and push you know, Chris Murray and Ryan Repair into the rotation and Move Kamara from the three more to the four, five. I honestly don't think he's a five at all. I think Walker's got that option there. Brown's got that option. A couple of extra minutes for Aiton, but I wouldn't be rushing to grab Kamara. In fact, I don't really think there's going to be a 12-team ad out of this. We also got an update on the headmaster. Thanks to Colin Gillespie. 
who apparently spoke to a Nuggets reporter, then Malone confirmed this later on, that they expect Jamal Murray to be out a couple of weeks. I again looked at this in the injury show earlier today, and I said it's a hamstring injury. You should be looking two to three weeks for a hamstring. NBA often doesn't do that, um, but looks like they are this time. Now, we're going to talk about how the Nuggets game looked as the 12th game in this recap show today, so we'll save off our opinions for Reggie Jackson and the rest of the Nuggets in that one, but I just quickly want to say something. All, what happens all the time is that every dickhead, and I'm a dickhead, we're all dickheads, all right, in some way or another, spouts off. The NBA is so soft. Look at these assholes resting after four days. The NBA would have put out fake studies that you know resting doesn't reduce injury risk, and I'm going to call it fake study because the only study I've actually seen says the opposite, and they haven't produced the study. So I'm just going to say that it's fake at this point. Um, and every other sports science department in the world would disagree with it. We introduced these player participation policy rules for this stuff. All of this stuff, right? Jamal Murray, Tony Jones from the Athletic, who's now covering the Jazz and the Nuggets, said on Saturday after their game, Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Saturday. No, so, uh, Friday after their game, said, yeah, um, I don't think Murray, it, it's, all, it's trending most likely that Murray does not play on Sunday. A little bit sore. He had a bit of an issue there. But he came out. He played on Saturday, pinged his hammy in nine minutes. I am not here to definitively tell you that the reason that he pinged his hammy is because he pushed through and played on a back-to-back because of all of the negative press about resting and uh, these position statements the NBA puts out, this 82-game bullshit. I'm not here to tell you that that is what happened. What I am here to tell you is not one person has ever mentioned, hey, Look at that. He pinged a hammy on a back-to-back, which the data absolutely shows increases your risk significantly, especially for smaller players, weirdly enough, of injury in the second game of a back-to-back. He's already was doubtful with some soreness heading into that game. He played, hamstring gone, two to three weeks out. Is this what we want? Players to push through and not rest so then they miss three weeks of action? Smallest brain, smooth brain thinking of all time. It's frustrating. Look, I don't know that that is the reason. It's a little curious, a little convenient, a little coincidental that it might have happened that way. But it hasn't been mentioned anywhere because all of this, the, 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 the strive, you've got to play every single moment, even if there are injury risks. And I don't think that is good for the game. As I get off my soapbox, maybe it's got nothing to do with it. Totally possible. Maybe it does. Let's look at some waiver trends, the most added players over the last 24 hours in fantasy basketball. A couple of these didn't work out particularly well. Number one was Goga Badadze. And what we said about the Badadze-Wagner situation was, yes, Goga did start, but maybe Mo was going to get more minutes and he didn't because of foul trouble. Well, that's what happened today, isn't it? So Goga's okay. You can keep holding him. But Mo, as we thought initially, Mo might be the better option there. Marcus Sasser up 20%. He was shooting 58% from three. It was always going to come down. His minutes were fine, but his production was shithouse. I don't see a clear path for sustained long-term value for Sasser. And like I said last time, even with Sasser going off, they still play Killian Hayes more. And it happened again today. Dorian Finney-Smith up 16%. I've added him in a few spots in 12-team leagues. I think he's worth holding for now. Lou Dort up 14. I haven't been big on Lou Dort, and he proved me wrong today. He's been very, very strong this season, much, much better. I still don't fully buy it long-term, but he's been good, and that's obviously looks like a smart move. Kyle Anderson up 12%. 
I don't really get what happened there. Like what made him get a big bump in, in getting at it? I don't, know, I don't know what happened. And the other one is Malik Monk up 10%. Well, yeesh, that game was uh, that game was a little rough and that did not work out particularly well for Monk. And if you wanted to move on, do it. Like you're probably not going to start him on, on Wednesday anyway. And then Fox returns and his value um, disappears after that. Let's look at the most dropped players in fantasy basketball over the last 24 hours. And we go in and look at Grayson Allen down 20%. Totally reasonable to do that. He's a streamer sort of a player. Xavier T. Ilman down 17%. I'd be a little cautious with that. He was slated to start over Biombo. I don't know whether he will or not. And I wouldn't have thought you would have needed to drop him to add someone for a 12-game slate. But what do I know? Apparently, people are still making tons of moves. Karis Levert down 15. Feels a little reactionary as well. And what I'm re- Again, I'm noticing this so much this season. Levert had like six points. Oh, I've got to drop him. Right, there's no patience with anyone. Not to say Levert is a great guy that we've got to hold through all situations, but you'll see a number of players who had big games today that we've just been preaching. Hey, just oh, just wait. Let's just see what happens. Right, there are a lot of good indicators here. I'm not saying Levert is that guy, but as soon as someone has a big scoring game, roster percentage goes up. If they have a bad scoring game, not even talking fantasy points. I'm just talking real life points. Roster percentage comes down. I'm seeing this more and more actually at the moment. Gary Trent down 9%, Alex Caruso down 9 and Jaden Ivey down 8 Totally reasonable for all of those ones. Don't really have too much of a complaint there. Ivy, I think, eventually might be better, but it's a long, bloody road at the moment, given the way that well, a, he's out and given the way that he's been used by Monty Williams. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. If you're looking for maybe some money line bets, maybe you want to bet against the Kings at the moment because they are ST ruggling. They are really bad at the moment. Not saying that'll continue. But that's what you do. Find the money line bet. And then get your bonus bets and go in there with spreads and player props, futures, totals, parlays. It's all there over on Fangio. So if you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. Um, well, I think this is going to take us straight into the recaps here. Yeah, that's where we're at because we've done all that peripheral stuff. So let's get in here and start talking about these games because um, there's a lot. There's 12 of them we've got to get to. And the first one was the Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers. And you're going to be shocked to know that in a Wizards game, it was a blowout. We've seen that happen a few times, haven't we? And uh, yeah, not as quite as bad as the other ones, though. Let's let's start with the Wizards side of things, though, because there has been a lot of consternation about Dan Gafford. What a bust. This guy stinks. 30 minutes, 12 and 7, 5 blocks, 86% shooting. Talked about him on one of the shows earlier today, I think it was the injury show, talking about how he's averaging three shots per game, but he's getting a lot of blocks and the shooting percentage is nice and they need him because there's no one else. Exactly. And also I talked about it on the pregame show that people overthink, oh, I'm not going to play him against Embiid. What if he gets into foul trouble? Just don't overthink that. Now, I say that in that (laughs) I had Gafford on a lot of my teams, on three of my teams, and had him on the bench because he was questionable. I went in, I did the live show. Hey, I announced everyone, Gafford's ready to play. And then I forgot. Me, I forgot to put him into my active lineup, so I missed out on his best line of the season. Don't be like me. Pay attention. Yeah, if he was in points leagues, obviously not that good. He's still averaging almost 25 fantasy points, which is a top 140, despite the struggles. But in category leagues, he's a must-roster guy. 
I, I think really clearly. There's going to be frustrations. He's not that good. But there's literally nobody coming from this position. Jordan Poole, again, there's been consternation about his production. Bit better here. 23 points, 4-3, 6 assists. Perfect from the line, which had been a bit down. And shot 53 from the field. What we didn't expect was that um, Kyle Kuzma was just going to take every shot ever. 20 shots for him, 28, 6, and 4 with four threes. He's been very, very strong. Kuz, and it was also a better game from Tyus Jones, who played 33 minutes, first time for him, over 30 minutes. But he is very low usage, 16% usage here. 12, 1, and 6 with two steals is still strong. He does still remain a 12-team player. It was also a very good game from Denny Avdia. Now, somehow he was a minus 10 in his minutes, and he is still low usage, but shot 63%. He's getting by on the moment on some very good shooting numbers. I'm not fully convinced that that sticks, but if he gets 28 a night, he's close enough to a 12-team league player. 16-5-6 and six with two threes, while Bilal Kulabali played 19 for 10 points with three uh, rebounds. He's not a 12. Kispert went, uh, didn't hit a shot in his 14 minutes, and then, as per usual, they just ran 17 guys off the bench, and Dillon Wright played five minutes. You can go ahead and jack Dillon Wright off. There's just not enough there for him to be a 24-minute-a-night player as a steal specialist. You, you can't you can't do that. You can't roster him in 12-team leagues. For the Sixers, Embiid played under 31 minutes and had 48-11-6, another big, big assist game from him. 68% shooting and 14-14 from the line, just a monster. While Maxi played 32 and had 22-1-11, still on a block for Tangles. Big shooting night. Same for Toby Harris. The Thick Hogsman dropped in 18-5-5 and, and another much, well, not another, a better night for the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton, another guy, a recurring theme for this show, I think, where you got to just have that little bit of patience. Not a great night for Melton, not great, but 14, 3 and 4 with four triples and a steal and shot 50%. Like I said, he won't continue to shoot 27% from the field. He remains a 12-team must-roster player. How about Bob Covington? Came in for four minutes of garbage time, had three steals and a block with seven points. It's an amazing line. The problem is it's four minutes of garbage time and Batum played over him and it's just this Batum and Morris and House and Ferky from Turkey and all these guys, it doesn't look like we're going to get a big Covington role at this point. Very impressive. It's four minutes. And you're going to be absolutely... Just hold on to something. Grab onto whatever you need to. It's going to be big news. Kelly Ubre sucked. Three points, 20% shooting. I detailed this yesterday or the day before about how some of his shooting numbers are just not going to stick. And they didn't. What I was surprised was that he just didn't take any shots. He is a 12-team league guy for now. But even now, like, he's been good. But over the last five games, he's outside the top 130. And that's sort of where he belongs. He's an inefficient at times, an up-and-down shooter who doesn't bring anything else. And when they go cold, they're putrid. And that's what he was. Batum was really good in his first sixes action, 11 points with three threes in 17 minutes. But as I said, Covington, Batum, Morris, Martin, Korkmaz, Springer, House. I feel like Nurse is going to go back and forward, back and forward on a lot of these guys. If he finally settles on one of them at 25 minutes and it's Covington, then we can add. Otherwise, uh, no, we can't. Let us... Yeah, let's do the second game of the day. That would be a good place to go after game one. It is the Dallas Mavericks and the Orlando Magic. I'm not going to sing the song because they lost. The Mavericks 117, the Magic 102. Mavs and Magic sounds pretty close. So Mavericks and Magic, especially when you say it that way. 
Dallas 117. It was a back-to-back, but both Kyrie and Luca played. 29, 3 and 6, 2 steals and 5 threes. Good game from from, uh, Luca. Sometimes I see things, whether it's on on Twitter or it's YouTube comments or it's Reddit or on Basketball Monsters Forum, because I can't watch every second of every game, as you're well aware. Literally impossible. One set of eyes, 12 games on. Can't do it. And I saw a comment, man, what is going on with Kyrie? What's wrong with this guy? I went, what's going on? 21, 6 and 10, 3 steals and 2 dribbles. I'd say nothing. Like, he didn't shoot well. He's not shooting all that well. He was a plus 18 with 30 usage. We need to stop, for fantasy just in general, there's a couple of things we need to stop looking at. Stop looking at overall rankings as an indicator of true performance. Stop overreacting to high scoring or low scoring games in the points column. Or stop overreacting to a weird shooting night. This stuff will balance out. And it is part of the issue I talk about with weekly variants that happens. But there's nothing wrong with Kyrie's line. Or his season, honestly. He's been okay. He'll be better, but he'll be okay. Like, it's nothing wrong with what's going on here. Only 16 minutes for Lively. And again, you're going to panic about it? You shouldn't. Because you had 10 and 5 with a steal and a block on 80% shooting. And honestly, what the hell more do you want? And he had five fouls. That's why the minutes were down. Remains must roster. Josh Green is very clearly not must roster. Six points in 20 minutes. While Grant Williams wasn't at his best, 13, 2, and 0. But he still played 33 minutes. He was only one of three from the line. He is looking like a 12-team league guy. Not a high upside player, but a 12-team league guy. Derek Jones played 28 minutes and had two blocks. I don't think he had a block before that this season, which is weird considering that's the only thing he used to be good at. And we saw Tim Hardaway have 21 and 6 in 31 minutes, much like Kelly Oubre. Hardaway is going to be up and down. There are going to be good shooting nights. There are going to be nights where he has seven points on 20% shooting. If you need points and threes, he's solid. If you don't, he's useless. And there are going to be a lot of consistency problems. Interestingly, Rashawn Holmes hasn't played a single second for this team this season. And Seth Curry is out of the rotation, as is Exum for Jaden Hardy is in there. And remember preseason starting legend Olivier Maxence Prosper? Yeah, still no minutes. Let's talk about your Orlando Magic. And as I said, flaming Mo Wagner. 26 off the bench, 19 and 5, 62% shooting, absolute guaranteed. Should be rostered in a 12-team league. It will be up and down. But this is, I think, what they want to get to. But Dadze, 22 minutes, 7 and 6, 2 steals and a block. Absolutely reasonable, good, use it, fine, 12 teams. Both of them are good. Anthony Black started with Markel Fultz out. Mr. Black had, sorry, Mr. Black played 33 minutes for 8 points, 2 threes, 5 rebounds and 2 assists. I I am not a big Anthony Black fan as an uh, elite level NBA point guard prospect or a fantasy guy. I just am not. But there are plenty in the fantasy space and the real life space who totally disagree with me on that. And you know what? They could be right, and I could be wrong. Fine. I had plenty of other... I had him outside the top 10 or 11 in the draft. I'm just not that big on him. Um, for now, you can stream him while Fultz and Harris are out, but I wouldn't get too excited about it. The guy that I'd much prefer is Cole Anthony or Jalen Suggs. Cole had 19, 2, and 5 with two blocks, and Suggsy had 10, 4, and 7 with a triple one, even though he shot poorly. And at the moment, both Suggs and Anthony should be on 12-team league rosters. So should Badadze and Wagner, and I'd have all four of those guys over Mr. Black. Franz Wagner had 12, 5, and 4 on 39% shooting. Just not a great night from old Franz. And uh, it's probably all we need to talk about, I would say, there with our Orlando Magic. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medication kit which has five essential antibiotics which can be used in life-saving scenarios whether that is uh, earthquakes, floods, cyclones, hurricanes, there's so much weird stuff that goes on in the world with these natural disasters, which can lead to being cut off from emergency medical care. 
So having these antibiotics at home and you bloody hope that they go out of date. You hope they do. But having them there on the off chance that you need them, it could be the difference between life or death for you or a family member. You could also personalize the Jace case for specific antibiotics that you might need for your family and their uh, unique medical conditions. And you can get this case through Jace Medical um, at jasemedical.com and get in there and talk to their doctors, get it delivered through the pharmacy uh, chain as well and get it all there at your house ready in case you need it. So go to jasemedical.com. The code is locked on and that will give you 20 buck discount off your order. The promo code is locked on at jasemedical.com. Oh boy, let's do the next one. And I honestly... I'll say this, but I'll probably talk for 20 minutes on it. There's not much to talk about with the Pacers spanking the Spurs 152-111, the final score. What we did get a glimpse of is though, if something does happen and Charles Bassey has to play, we're adding him. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 3 steals, 100% shooting, 17 minutes. Webanyama only played 21 minutes because it was a blowout. 13 and 10 with two blocks and 25% shooting is rough. The horse had 16 and th- uh, 3 and 3. We also got 12 Devontae Graham minutes. I think they might be his first minutes for the season. That shows you how much of a blowout it was. We got Don Barlow and Blake Wesley in there. And we also got another indication that Malachi Branham, I'm sorry, kids, he's not him. Malachi Branham, absolutely not. Eight points, 28 minutes, two assists. Now, Vassell is going to miss the next game as well. No shock there. Branham is absolutely not a 12-team league option. Trey Jones, 19 minutes, 4, 1, and 8. And Collins had 14, 5, and 2. Just don't read huge amounts into this. Sohan struggled 6, 3, and 1. But again, we're just holding through this nonsense. For the Pacers, again, they didn't need to play much because they were great. 23, 2, and 8 for Halliburton, who continues to look like a very, very clear first-round draft pick, top-five draft pick. And Miles Turner had 15 and 11. And we could look at this OB top online and go, all right. 19 points, two steals. That's pretty good. The fact that he led the team in minutes in a blowout makes me think that they weren't as keen on preserving his health as they were their other key players. So while it's good, it's also really bad, I think, in terms of what where his value moves uh, going forward. Don't read into it. Um, I am, uh, I'm pretty pumped to jack off Benedict Matherin. I'm not pumped to do it, but I'm going to do it. 10 points. Three rebounds, two assists in 22 minutes. I'm just not seeing the improvement. The usage is down. Not much is going on for him. You can you can do better. And the Shark, Bruce Brown, played 24 minutes, 7, 5, and 4. Uh, he was great in his minutes, but yeah, this is, again, it's just a weird game. 19 points for Bud in 21 minutes. Budrick healed. Shivano is a pretty good line there also. But again, it's just an absolute ass kicking. So I don't know what more we take out of it. This one wasn't much as much of a blowout, and that is the Warriors and the Pistons, 120-109. The final score here uh, in favor of Golden State. So it was a back-to-back for Golden State. So let's take a look at what everyone played. Uh, There was some doubt about Draymond, but he played 28 minutes, 6, 9, and 8. That's a very Draymond line. Well, Steph was great, 34 with 7 triples. And Chris Paul, finally the shot went. We talked about how he shot 7% from 3 in their game yesterday. Well, that's what his number was for the season. But he was uh, at 67% here, 17, 5, and 6. And he went 2 of 3 from 3. It doesn't take much to turn it around. The 21 minutes is a little concerning, but it was a back-to-back. Looney played 25 minutes, 10 and 6 with two blocks. Solid enough. I still don't think he's must roster, but he does work for plenty of teams. And Clay didn't do much, did he? 17, 1 and 3, but that's like burying the lead. If I want to talk about not doing much, it's kind of with Wigo. Four points, 22 minutes. At least he generated his first steal for the season. First. So he had one steal on a block, shot 22% and played 22 minutes. 
the upside of Wiggins is nowhere near high enough to be holding on in a category league. In a points league, a little bit different. But this bloke is averaging under 17 fantasy points. He's the 395th ranked category league player. You don't have to hold on to him. There is something going on very clearly, but you don't have to hold on to this. Sharic was solid in 21 minutes, 12, 2, and 6, but not much else that's sensationally act or actionable with uh, value. Oh, yeah. John Kaminga, by the way. Another, and there's another one we're going to talk about with this. Just another very clear indicator of when the pathway to minutes and usage isn't there, don't get all excited about preseason. Nah, he's going to take the... And again, this goes back to my Scotty Barnes take from yesterday. We go, you should have known, mate. It was third-year leap. Sure. John Kaminga's third-year leap leads him as the 260th ranked player. Doesn't always happen. right? It's it's useful to have that in mind, but doesn't always happen. And Kaminga, who was dominating in preseason, but there was no path for minutes or usage, he's just bad again. 10 points, a steal and a block, 25%. He's still held on to in like 27% of 12-team leagues. Why? I have no idea. But very, very clearly, you move on. For the Pistons, they just were unbelievably shorthanded. Obviously, no Bogdanovich, Morrison, Livers. There was no Joe Harris, no Alec Burks, no Jaden Ivey. And then a late pullout giggity, Jalen Duran. So we started Marvin Bagley, who had 10 points in 24 minutes. And then we got the memorial James Wiseman, 11 minutes. And for once, he finally helped the Warriors win. So that was good. Zero points, 0 of 3 from the field, minus 6 in that time. He was putrid once more. They had just no one available. So we're going to see inflated performances. But how about my man, Killian Hayes? 21 points, 7 assists, a steal, and a block. Now, this shooting from the last two games from Hazy is just not going to stick. It's not. He's 67%. It's not going to stick. But what I did say about him is if he gets the minutes, there is the Rubio-ish assists and steals option, and he delivered it. He's top 90 over the last five games. While everyone is out, there's value in him. And again, he played more minutes than Marcus Sasser, who just couldn't get anything to fall. 7-3-4 and four for Sass on 30% shooting. There is an opportunity for Sass at the moment with these guys out, but it is, I think, just going to get chipped away out. Because they, they also, they, they can't win. They can't win a game. And it's not going to be, well, you know, they, do they think they're bad? I don't know. They're not realistic with any of their approaches to what they do. So I just don't think that Sasser holds that role. Good game from Isaiah Stewart. Elf dropped in 17 and 11 in 39 minutes. First good game since the opener. Again, I'm not buying into that because of all the absences. But what about Asar Thompson? 17, oh, 16 points, sorry. 38 minutes, seven rebounds, two assists, and four steals. There's a little bit of hyperbole jumping around about him. I, I get it. He's a top 35 player over the last five games. 51st over the last, uh, or for the season, without being able to shoot. He's going to dominate fantasy leagues and don't, Use this opportunity, right, to understand that what he is doing is exactly what a men can do. A men just doesn't have the opportunity. And a men's not going to have the opportunity all season. And there are going to be plenty of people who are regretting choosing a men over a SAR in a dynasty league. So if you're in a dynasty league, see if there's any discount coming on a men because people are very frustrated with the fact that, oh, did I pick the wrong guy? Try that. Try it out. Um, Stanley Amude. I don't even know if that's how you say it, so I apologize to Big Stan. He had 15 points in 16 minutes. He actually looked all right in the preseason too, so that's just a deeper league watch with a million guys out. And then Cade Cunningham. I'm hearing that, that people are just complaining about Cade. He had 21, 4, and 5 with two steals. That's not that bad. right? Actually, that's actually pretty good. Yes, 
the efficiency has not been great this season. The lineups around him and the level of assistance he is getting is absolutely disgusting, and that is impacting him. He shot 39% on 18 attempts, but he got to the line seven times, and he had six of six um, hit six free throws. That's really good. His turnovers are high. You know my thoughts on that, so I, I don't care in the slightest, especially with the lead ball handler. But what he's also what he's dragging his numbers down is his assist numbers. Oh, sorry, his rebound numbers are very low, and his efficiency is in the toilet. Despite being a good three point shooter, the two pointers are well down. I still think there is plenty of scope to improve from there, but I wouldn't say that he's been a gigantic failure, and you need to get off him. That to me is unbelievable hyperbole. He, he, things will get better when shooters arrive around him. I am fairly confident in that. Fairly confident. Maybe maybe it won't be, but I'm fairly confident in that. Let us go to the Clippers and the first the first action for system playing legend, Jim Harden. And they lose to the next 111-97. Harden, I think you should be very encouraged by this performance. He had only 19 usage. I know he was a minus 18, whatever. They're going to take a little bit of time. But 17-3-6, first game for the season. First, at, no, he hasn't played at all. First game on his new team. Had the best fantasy value of anyone on that team. It's encouraging. Westbrook still played 31 minutes, 17-4-4. We're not going to get full idea of how things work until like Terrence Mann returns as well. But an encouraging, encouraging first game for Westbrook. While Kawhi didn't do much, 18-5-3. And, and Paul George, yuck. 10 points, 18%, 3 steals, 7 rebounds. It's going to take a bit of time to figure out usage between all four of those guys. At some point, I'm telling, I, I know you won't agree with this, a lot of you, but Westbrook has to be benched. He has to be. It, I just don't see how it works with him in the starting group. Zubats, I was worried about Zubats' minutes. He played 30, but I'll tell you why. Because the cockroach Mason Plumlee suffered a knee injury when Julius Randle ran into his knee. And I would say, I'm not a doctor. I've seen enough injuries to suggest that this is, I, I wouldn't rule out a season-ending ACL. I would think that this is minimum like four to six weeks, minimum. But but I, I don't know yet. So they're going to evaluate him for tomorrow. He's going to be out for a while. And their backup center is Musa Diabete. And there's PJ Tucker. So that would mean that Zubats is going to have to push back up to 30 minutes, which helps his value. Because they just don't have a reliable backup anymore. So be aware of that. PJ played only 11 minutes, while Bones, the big Stevie, had five points in 22. Bones' minutes will disappear when, um, uh, when Terrence Mann eventually plays. For the Knicks... Mitchie Robinson, 35 minutes, 13 and 15 with four steals. RJ Barrett returned. Well, RJ's looking better. 26, 6 and 4. He is still dealing with knee stiffness and soreness, but he was good from the field and the line, which is, as Sheev Palpatine would say, a surprise to be sure. I am not a big Barrett guy for category leagues, but the results are in for this season and he's useful. Julius Randle, again, hate watching him play, absolutely detest it, but he was always going to be better from a fantasy perspective. He's still not great. Didn't shoot well, but 27 and 10 is much better. While uh, the burner, Jalen Brunson, yuck. Oof. Jesus, seven points, six assists, three steals, 17%. Now, I was down on Brunson compared to others because I thought there was a level of flukiness in some of his shooting at the end of last season, but he's been quite bad this season. So a little bit of a buy low, maybe spoiling what tomorrow's show is. Grimes played only 21 minutes and quickly played only 20 minutes. And like I said, ad nauseum on this team. It's hard to see how all the minutes coalesce unless some people get dramatically cut. And they got dramatically cut. Josh Hart played 32 minutes, 10, 3, and 7 with two steals. If they're going to go with Hart playing 32, that means that Grimes and Quickly aren't going to play enough. 
We have to monitor this. If Quickly gets 20 minutes a night, he is not a 12-team league guy, and you can cut his ass. He's, he just is not playing enough, nowhere near enough. He needs 28 to 29, and he's nowhere near it. And I, I said I had all these concerns. Like, I don't know how the hell these guys get minutes, and we are seeing it play out. I also think Grimes is a really good player, but there's just not enough minutes there. DiVincenzo played 16 minutes and had 12 and 6. There's not enough minutes. It's great when an opportunity arises, but the Hart, DiVincenzo, quickly Brunson, Grimes, Quintet are going to be sort of going back and forth a lot, I think, this season, making them or any of their statuses as must-roster players pretty much in doubt. The Lakers and the Heat. The Lakers get the win 107-108, the final score. Um... All right, let's have a look at this. So the news, I guess, from this game here is um, the injury to Anthony Davis. Is it an injury? I don't even know what it is. He had a spasm in his groin. We've all been there. He exited the game before halftime. He came back out, started the half, went back to the locker room, came back out, played, went to the bench, never returned, and said he's going to be fine for Wednesday. So honestly, who knows? We don't know. But with Vanderbilt on the shelf, with Rui in concussion protocol, with Jackson Hayes dealing with an ankle sprain, the crucifix is a guy to look at. And you would start him on a 14-game day if, if Davis is out. Wood had 12-6 and six with bad percentages, but played 30 minutes, and it's like just everyone is falling down around him, enabling a big role here. Not sure it lasts long-term, but it's there for now. Whereas there were so many panicked people about Austin Reeves. I kept getting messages like, yeah, because people would say, do I drop him? I said, no. Like, are you worried about Reeves? No. And then like five days later, what about now? No. 23, 10 and 9, three steals, 40 minutes, 64% shooting. Got to have a bit of patience with some of this stuff. D'Angelo Russell was ejected, 13, 4 and 6 and LeBron's minutes limit. What an absolute joke that was. For one minute, and they all come out crying, LeBron, oh, I have to abide by it. Um, I'm not really happy with it, bro. Okay, mate. You're playing like 50 minutes a game now. 30 and 4, 3 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks for LeCap on 57% shooting. While uh, the artist formerly known as Torian Prince came back, hey, at least he wasn't on either end of the spectrum, 30 points or 0. He dropped in 9 for 2 steals, and he is not a 12-team league player. Very, very small rotation for the Lakers, just 8 guys. Because of all the injuries there, of course. For Miami, let's talk about Bam Bam Adebayo because that is an unbelievably monster line. Apart from the shooting, which isn't great. But 22, 20, and 10. Two steals, two blocks, and one three is amazing. 45 from the field and 60 from the line is not good. And Jim Butler, 28, 4, and 6 with two steals. Good to see him getting back on track. Hero continued his strong run, 22, 5, and 5 with three steals. And Kyle Lowry continues to show that he is... He'd be actually perfect to be a center under Tom Thibodeau with a sub or a single-digit usage, again, 8% usage, 5, 4, and 5. What Lowry is at the moment is a stream for assists, understanding that he is never going to score. Josh Richardson only 21 minutes, while Duncan Robertson played 26. That's all I need to know to say that Richardson's only a deeper league stream and not a 12-teamer. Highsmith had 5 points, and Jaime Huckers had 9 in 18 minutes. Kevin Love, again, a healthy scratch. Why they persisted with starting with him this season, I have no idea because Caleb Martin still remains out, Jovic was out, and we still didn't get a single second of Kevin Love in this game. Let's bring it across now to the Bucks and the Nets. The Bucks win at 129-125. To start with a positive here, Chris Middleton looks better. 15-3-4 in 21 minutes only. Now, it is a slow path still to the minutes, 
but the production's fine and that's good. There's going to be bumps in the road, no problem, but that's fine. And I, I mentioned this, I don't know where, in passing, I, I talk a lot about Malik Beasley perhaps losing his role. I think it's happened. Three points, 14 minutes, six rebounds. Remember Adrian Griffin? Remember Adrian Griffin in the preseason? Be like, yeah, nah, we want uh, Malik's going to be our primary defensive guy. Yeah, we're going to put him on all the tough opponents. Bro, have you never seen Malik? Be- Obviously not. You've never seen him play. It's taken us two weeks for them to go, this is just not it at all. So Jay Crowder is going to get that job. I am very confident in that. Crowder had 15 points in 30 minutes with four threes. He's been playing really well. You do not add him in 12-team leagues. While Lopez uh, didn't get the eight blocks here, four and seven in 27 minutes. But what this does mean, though, is that if Beasley is going to be phased out like this and Crowder is going to start at the three, it does mean that more minutes are available for Bob Portis. 26 minutes, 11 and six with two steals. Now, if this is going to be real, this is 12-team Bob Portis. If Crowder is going to play the three, then Portis is going to be the backup four and five, which does make him back on the 12-team appeal zone. That's a terrible phrase. Why did I say appeal zone? I was trying to avoid saying back on the menu, but I should have just gone with it. Not much else going on there for the... Oh, maybe I should talk about the good players. Giannis had 36 and 12 with two blocks and went five of six from the line. A welcome reprieve from some poor performances. While Lillard had 21, six and seven. Still not anywhere near his best, obviously. And he was somehow a minus 14 in this game. And Lopez minus 15. Um, got to the line 10 times, which is great. But the shooting, is just, it's just not there. It's taking a little bit, of, little bit of time here for Lillard. And it might not get back to where it was in Portland. For the Nets, let's talk about Cameron Thomas because it's amazing. He's been ridiculously good. He's the 34th ranked player this season. 41 minutes, but I beg you all to put it away for a second. Some of the comments I see flying around about this guy, he is absolutely an elite, elite scorer. There is no one questioning that. Absolutely elite. But I'm hearing he's going to win scoring title. He's an all-star. He's the best player on this team. Like, calm down. Yes, his scoring is amazing. And he is a must-roster player. And I don't even know if that he's a sell high because, A, you're not going to get that value back. And it is you could very easily make the argument that he remains starting and Spencer did when he comes off the bench. I'm all here for it. Go for it. But I just, how do we look at this team and go, they will just continue to feed 33 shots into Cam Thomas in 41 minutes. It seems rather unrealistic. But I don't know. He's doing he's doing great stuff. It is only really coming in the scoring, 45 points, but he hit six threes and that's normally not a strength of his. 52% shooting. It's a wild up and down ride for Cam Thomas in terms of efficiency, four rebounds, three assists and a steal. He has taken a step. Uh, absolutely. It is still just very much all Cam Thomas all the time. I don't know how successful that is in terms of a team being good, but he's scoring a lot. How they work Claxton and Johnson back, I'm not really sure. Mikael Bridges, 39 minutes, 31, 5, and 4. Really strong game from him after some early struggles this season. And Simmons, just the two points with 15 rebounds and four assists. And um, Finney Smith, 7 and 6. Not a great line. 7 and 6 is still on a block, 25%. I do think he still can be a 12er. While as for Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, yuck. 3, 3, and 3. 24 minutes. 7% usage. He's been very up and down, but mostly it's been down. So if you did want to move on from Dinwiddie, especially in a 10-teamer, I think his ADP was 50 on ESPN. What? Um, yeah, if you want to move on from Dinwiddie, go ahead. I don't think the upside is particularly high. Um, there is downside that he gets benched and Thomas takes his spot long-term. Do it. 19 in 23 minutes for Lonnie Walker with three threes. Hello. 57% shooting for Lon. 32 usage. Probably not going to stick and not in the rotation when guys return. 
is would be my guess. Royce O'Neill was also pretty strong, 12 and 9 with three assists there. The the Sacramento Kings, their beam did not get lit. They lost to the Rockets 122-97 and they are struggling. Big time. Sabonis, this is a buy low opportunity for Sabonis. 8, 8, and 5. He took four shots and was minus 24. Now, we saw him get cooked in the playoffs a lot. Did teams just figure it out? You know that I have been very critical of that trade for Halliburton. Very critical. I will continue to be critical, even though it got them into the playoffs, which was their goal. So is it a win-win? No, but it's close enough to a win-win. But I am a little worried about what's happening with this team. Also, a callback to earlier in the show, big performances in Summer League and at, you know, is it Rico Hines? I don't know if that's the guy's name. Runs at UCLA where you're just really taking control. Doesn't mean that that works in an NBA game, Keegan Murray. 12 and 5 in 28 minutes. Like, it's just continues to be, eh. it's better than last season, but no gigantic step forward, I wouldn't have said. He's sort of the same guy. Not to rule out that he can't get better this season, but you know that I was not big on him this season for exactly what we're seeing. Stinker from Monk, five points in 15 minutes. Davion Mitchell continues to struggle. And the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, why are you rostering him? Please stop this. Please stop pissing me off. Why is he rostered in 72% of 12-team leagues? Three points, 17%. Always love when a bloke like this comes out game one and makes me look like a dickhead for telling you in every single preseason show, don't draft guys like Harrison Barnes. But this is why you don't draft guys like Harrison Barnes. Same as fan of pants Kevin Herter, who had 13 points in 25 minutes. Their leading scorer was Keon Alice, Crimson Tide legend. 15 points in 14 minutes on 71%. Just a disaster game, I thought, for the Kings. And their season, it's not its not cooked, very obviously. We're very early in the season. It's not going how they would have expected it. But I guess if Fox was more um, paid more attention or actually wanted it more or wanted to be out there, then they'd be in a bit better situation. Just so you're aware, this is not me having a shot at Darren Fox. It's not. But injuries happen, and they, they hurt when they happen. And that's what's going on here. For the Rockets, yeah, what's going on here? They were shithouse to begin the season, and they're cooking now. 26 minutes for Shengun, 17, 8, and 12. The minutes are just because it was a blowout, and we are seeing Imayadoka realize that, yeah, we need this guy. We need the ball in his hands. Great. Love it. Jalen Green, love that he got to the line 12 times and hit 10 of them. He had 23 points with three threes, while Jabari had 13, and Van Vliet had 11, 4, and 5. So good games all around. Even Dylan Brooks, even when it's a bad night, 9 and 6, he shot 50%. Now, his numbers are going to gum, not going to gum down. They're going to come down. Once again, a stone cold lock Josh Lloyd guarantee. He will not shoot 60 plus percent. He won't. But he's playing well, and he does deserve a 12-team roster spot. But this was such a blowout. We got 12 Cam Whitmore minutes, 12 Reggie Block minutes, 7 and Nate Hinton minutes. So big numbers, but just a gigantic ass kicking. Someone probably needs a gigantic ass kicking from this next game, and he's, uh, his name is related to felines. We'll talk about that in a second, but the Timberwolves do win 114-109 over the Boston Celtics. First loss for the season for Boston. We had no maximum Derek White for the second time, um, and they started Al Horford, who played 36 minutes, 3-5-4. and four. There is absolutely no way that Al Horford needs to be a 12-team league player. 
Absolutely none. Um, Tatum played 43 minutes, 32-5 and 2 with 5 steals. Jalen Brown, 26-7 and 4. And Porzingis had 20 and 5 with a steal and a block. Cool. Good numbers. Drew Holiday struggled a bit, 12-11 and 6 on 25%. He's still been really good. I do think that he is going to fall outside the top 50. And then with the absence of White, we got more Sam Hauser, not Peyton Pritchard. Hauser played 25 minutes, 11 and 4 with three threes. That's something to watch if Horford or Porzingis miss time. Um, you might be able to get three threes a night out of Hauser, but it's probably more of a deeper league stream. For the Wolves, I don't know what on earth Towns was doing in this game. 28 minutes, 7 points, 10 rebounds. He was, he was just terrible. He, again, I did not... Act, there, were, there were a lot of people who thought he might be able to push back into the first round this season. Didn't see it at all. Some who thought he'd be mid-second didn't see it. I had him end second, start third. He's nowhere near it. He's 82nd. Now, he is going to be better than this, but this was disgusting. And Gobert, I, <laughs> Gobert's game, 41 minutes is awesome. 14 and 12 is sick. One block is all right. 100% from the field is awesome. How do you go 2 of 11 from the line for 18%? That just cooks your free throws for a week. He's not that bad of a shooter, but that roots it. Anthony Edwards. He's been solid enough. He's now inside the top 20 per game for the season in points and categories. 38, 9, and 7 with a steal. Huge efficiency. Good from the line. Really encouraging. Not first round, but good second round stuff. While Nazareth Reed, 14 and 4, two threes, two steals, two blocks, two assists. It's a Richie Benno. Well done, Naz. He is a 12-team league guy. And we also, Jaden McDaniels, who played 21 minutes a night, played 45. 20 and four, or four threes with two rebounds. Now, he is a putrid rebounder, but he took 18 shots, second most on the team. I didn't really expect that. 44%. He is fine as a 12-team league guy, but he's not a great category league contributor. Kyle Anderson had three points in 25 minutes with six assists and shot 17%. Just hard for me to see enough minutes for him to mean much unless there is an injury. And Conley played 36 for eight points, and he continues to be a solid enough back-end 12-team league performer. Oh, we are getting there. We are getting there. The Atlanta Hawks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder win at 126-117 for the Hawks. Both DeJounte and Trey top 20 points. 29-4-6 for DeJounte. He's been really strong over the last couple of uh, games. Over the last five games, he's top 15. Really rolling with some big shooting and big uh, free throw numbers. 90% here. Great stuff. Or Trey Young still can't get the shots to fall. Trey Young is a little bit of a buy low for that reason only. 22-4-11 for Trey on 28%. At some point, they will have to fall. It was also a bad efficiency night for Jalen Johnson. He had 13, 12, and 5 with three steals and a block, but you shouldn't care. Like, those are great numbers, and he's not going to be 40 from the field and 50 from the line very often. Bogdanovich was okay, 17 points. Sadiq Bey was all right off the bench, really good streamer, 15 and 8, and Okongwu played more minutes than Capella. 7 and 14 for Onyeka, 6 and 12 with two blocks for Clint. Both guys are 12 teamers, and I knew it. I knew I shouldn't get sucked into DeAndre Hunter. I knew it. Eight points, 33 minutes, 15% shooting. Has his finger injury impacted his shooting? Perhaps. But he had this little three, four-game stint. When you went, oh, okay, okay. He's now 140th in category leagues, 139th in points leagues. And if you want to jack him off, jack him off. For the Thunder, Shea, somehow he played. I don't know how. He was out, but he played. 38 and 6 with three threes. Great. What about Lou Dort? Again, been, been out on Dort, but he's been really solid. 19 and 9, two threes and two blocks. Really good. Probably deserves the 12 team spot against my better judgment. Chet Holmgren couldn't hit anything, 29%. 
16 and 12 with a steal on three blocks, but we knew Chet's numbers were going to come down. I think he was going at 60% from three, and the efficiency was going to fall. But he put up everything else, which was great. And the Bronco had 21, three and two on 62%. Again, I would say that you'd be a little bit disappointed with Jalen Williams' season. It's been good, but I've been a little bit disappointed in, in areas. And Josh Giddy, unfortunately for Josh, my worries about him have been um, have been uh, founded. I did not like getting him in the 50s. I worried about how it would all work out for this team this season, and it is not going well. There's been a couple of nice games, but 8-7-4 and four in 27 minutes is not strong. While Kaysan Wallace had four steals and four assists, Kaysan is, I think, going to be really good. He's not going to impact much in fantasy leagues this season, but I think he's going to be good. Isaiah Joe also hit four triples. He's also always a pretty good um, threes streamer. Let's go to the Jazz and the Bulls. And I'm sorry, Taylor Horton Tucker, I know I shouldn't swear on this show. <sighs> Should I say it? Just fuck off. Like, what are we doing with this shit? What is going on? Why are you doing this every day? Good game, shoot game, good game, bad game. Why are you even in the NBA? Have you ever touched a basketball before? What an amazing player, the best guy in the world. It is annoying. Get him out of here. 23 minutes, five points, six rebounds, four assists. Keontae George, five, two, and four. I won't say George dominated here. He didn't. And George remains, I, let me be very clear, a luxury stash who is not a league winner, who I will change to a drop if he doesn't get this job by Thanksgiving. But if you've got eyes, and shout out to you if you've got eyes, you can't sit here and tell me that Taylor Horton Tucker is the answer. Unless the answer is, can we have the worst point guard possible to start for us? Markkinen had 29, 5, and 3, and Olenek had 13, 7, and 8, and 23 minutes. That's a really good Kelly Olenek line. I'm still not convinced that he's a 12-team guy, but he's at least a streamer. And how about the big bloke? Walker Kessler, 15 and 15 with four blocks. Unfortunately, just 42%, and he was bad from the line, but the minutes were there. He does need to be on a roster, less so in points leagues, but yes, he does. But it is going to be a rocky road, I would say. Another sub-20-minute night from Colin Sexton, 14 points in 17 minutes. You can get rid of him in 12s. And Jordan Clarkson stunk. Seven points on 21% with six assists. He is a fringe 12-team league player, only for specific builds in head-to-head. Um, and John Collins didn't do much. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk about how good Collins has been. Has he, though? He's been all right. 145th over the last five games. 112th for the season. 29 fantasy points, which is 94th. It's, it's fine. It's not great, though. Like, it's fine. For the Bulls, I have had extreme patience with Kobe White. And it paid off, finally. Actually, his last couple of games have been pretty good. 18, 3, and 7 with four threes. Now, obviously, he's not a 78% shooter. I know this, but he's also not a 25% shooter. And as I will just say, like a 30-plus minute starting point guard is always going to make me go, oh, I probably need to hold. I don't know that it sticks, but I am sticking with Kobe White. DeRozan had 21-5-4 and four with four steals. Better game from him. While Vooch had 10-8, won uh, 11 shots, 46%. And sorry to report, if you are a Vooch fan, that maybe my preseason projection on him is coming to fruition. I think Zach Levine is still a little bit of a buy low because the assists just aren't there. But 24-2-3 for him is a better performance. While Pat Williams played more than Torrey Craig despite coming off the bench, neither of them uh, deserve your attention in 12 or probably 14-team leagues. Not much else going on there. 12 points for Javon Carter off the bench with four triples. 
All right, so let's do the last game of the night where there were a lot of interesting things because it's the first game here for the Pelicans without CJ McCollum. Now there's no McCollum, Murphy, Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado. So they did, in fact, start Jordan Hawkins at point guard. 38 minutes, 31 points, 7 triples, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 53% shooting, 26 usage. Yes, he was a minus 15. I think you've got to add him for now. I think there's a lot of stuff there that's not going to necessarily stick. 50% 3-point shooting, 38 minutes, 19 shots. I'm not sure any of that stuff sticks. And outside of that, there's not a huge amount going on. But you add him, obviously, over Dyson Daniels, who didn't see his minutes change at all. In fact, they went down. 21 minutes, 9 points, a steal, a block, a 3. Kyra Lewis, minutes went down, despite the starting point guard being out. 2 points in 9 minutes. Cool. Herb Jones had a bit of an injury scare. Came back, though, so that's okay. 31 minutes, 4 points, 2 steals. He's a steals specialist. He is not a points league must roster. He's a category steal specialist. Ingram was okay, but didn't hit any threes. 22, 2, and 5. And Valanchunas did the thing. 24 minutes, 6 points, 11 rebounds. That's what he does when Zion plays. Let's talk Zion. 20 and 10, 9 assists, 2 steals. Missed his only free throw. And 46 from the field. It hasn't been a great start to the season for Zion. That's very encouraging. And the 9 assists are strong. And he's going to have to do a lot more ball handling with CJ out. So while it hasn't been great, He's still top 40 in points leagues, averaging 37 fantasy points. And I think there's still plenty of room for him to get better from here. Matt Ryan had four threes in uh, 25 minutes with 17 points. They just desperately need shooting. That's why Trey Murphy is going to be so important when he returns, whenever that is. And otherwise, they just got smacked by Denver by 18 points. There was no Jamal Murray for Denver. So Reggie Jackson started. He had seven points in 24 minutes. I would not suggest that Reggie Jackson is must roster. In 14-team leagues, sure, in 12s, it's just going to be Jokic. Look, let's be fair. 35, 14, and 12 in 36 minutes for the big fella. Unfortunately, just 3 or 5 from the line because he's a bust. But otherwise, really good. Michael Ponder Jr. dropped in 22 and 9 in 29 minutes. And Aaron Gordon, 15, 12, and 6. Really good lines from these guys. And it was a better performance from KCP. In fact, KCP had 7 assists. I don't have it offhand, but is that the best he's ever done? Maybe. He only had the one steal. He's, to me, just a fringy sort of guy. You look at for threes and steals, but that might work for your team. It might not. In points leagues, he's still not a top 150 guy, and you obviously don't need to roster him here. But the big fella, Julian Strauber, preseason legend, dropped in 21 points in 19 minutes with five threes. He had 32 usage. I wouldn't get overly excited there, but more minutes than Christian Brown, who had six points on 20% shooting. Brown obviously isn't a 12-team league player, probably not a 14-team league guy. I wouldn't add Jackson or Strauber, despite the good performance of Strauber here. I just watch it. And then Peyton Watson had two steals and two blocks. This guy is a real defensive dynamo. Can't wait to see an extended opportunity for him at some point. I don't want anyone to get injured, but I just want to see Watson get a chance to put up some big numbers because I think it's going to be pretty fun when it does eventually um, when it does eventually happen. That is the 12 games done for today. So what we need to do now, of course, is go in and look at the... Lo- oh, no, I'm not going to do the lines not night just yet because we've got... Um, the stream of the day. Recap. So let's have a look how we went. Oh, that's the wrong slide. We've gone out of order there. That's all right. Sometimes this happens when you're uh, an idiot like me. Let's look at the 10-team stream of the day. It was DeAnthony Melton. I'd say that worked okay. 14-3-4 with a steal. I like that. 12-team category stream of the day was Kobe White. 18-3-7 with a steal. I'm going to give myself two thumbs up for that. The 12-team point stream of the day. Kobe White, 34.1. Another W. Can we keep it running? Maybe. We'll see. 
14 team category streamer. You've already seen these answers. Goga Badadze for 14 teams, seven and six, two steals and a block. Actually, not bad. Mo Wagner was the better option, but Goga was fine there. The 16 team one didn't work though. Josh Richardson, three points, two rebounds and nothing else. Stinker from Josh, still fine. Like he's got a role and in 16 teams, it's not easy to find that guy. He just was uh, relatively putrid in this game. Now what that does is bring us though to look at the monstrous line of the night and the other associated lines of the night. I don't think this is particularly hard to work out who it's going to be. The monstrous line of the night is the big fella in Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, 48 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. Easy. The waiver wire line of the night, the best performer who's rostered in under 50% of Yahoo leagues. Your waiver wire line of the night is Killian Hayes, 21 points, Four rebounds, seven assists, really good shooting. Everyone is banged up in Detroit, so he's got some stream value for that um, alone. The young gun of the night is the best performance by a player in their first or second year in the NBA. This one is also very easy. We go to the final game of the night and Jordan Hawkins, who had 31 points with seven threes, seven rebounds, and seven assists, or th- three assists. He is worth a grab. But just be aware there's going to be some aggression, but he is a 12-team league grab now that we've seen the way that they're going to run this rotation. And lastly, the dud of the night, the worst performance from a player who is rostered in over 70% of leagues. And if you just look at pure rankings, you will see that Rudy Gobert was the worst performer today. But if you if you have Rudy Gobert, you punted free throws, so he's 18% from the line. Doesn't hurt you as much. Like You're well aware he's going to be bad. So that doesn't count. He had a double-double. DeAndre Hunter doesn't qualify because he's not rostered in 70% of leagues. But Andrew Wiggins is. Four points, six rebounds, 22% shooting. I think when we're going to get close to this soon, um, Wigo is not going to be rostered in 70% of leagues really soon. He There's something really not right going on here. Hope he's okay. Hope he's okay personally. Let's do the top six players of the day for category leagues, for points leagues, and for the... Um, Guys who are available in a lot of leagues. Top six for category leagues, it's Embiid, Jokic, uh, Anthony Edwards, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, and Bam Adebayo. Your, where are we? Um, Your top six players who are available in over 50% of leagues. Number one is Killian Hayes, Jordan Hawkins, who's worth an ad. Lou Dort, yes, worth an ad. Kobe White, yes, worth an ad. Denny Avdia, yes, worth an ad. Kalilinik, maybe. Maybe. Probably not with Wednesday coming up, but Maybe. And then we lastly look at the best points league performers using Yahoo point scoring systems for Monday's games. Number one is Joel Embiid, followed by Jokic, Bam Adebayo, Yanni Antetokounmpo, Anthony Edwards, and the big fella, the small fella, the goat fella, the scoring fella, Cam Thomas in at number six. That will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, not Stitcher, Odyssey app, on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. 
Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.